Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. <laughs> so good. <laughs> um, today is, what is it? It's Friday. And so it must be June 26th. What? It's huh. an awful lot of discussion. I think there's some baby birds out here this morning. I'm not going to mess with your baby birds. <laughs> and that's the wren making all that noise. We know we've got another batch of bluebird babies. And I posted a photo of those chicks, uh, the quail chicks. I think we have three clutches of quail chicks. We could tell by, there's so many of them. Boy. Ren is loud this morning. <laughs> Almost can't hear myself talk. Well, I think those other notes are baby wrens. They must be fledging. So, uh, the quail chicks, they're very different sizes. And what's funny is, is we'll see an adult bring the chicks into the water fountain and there'll be it looks like the clutches have mixed together, mixed and matched. And I think that the babies just sort of like run after, you know, like if they have to scatter and everything, then they just go after the nearest adults. And <laughs> Enough, Bren. He is there. <laughs> so uh, it's been great seeing the quail chicks. And I think I didn't tell you guys this story yet. It's it's been kind of um a tumultuous week. Not tumultuous, just I'm I'm off schedule, what with my folks being here and visiting. Uh, I know I podcasted on Monday and I think that this happened Monday. I don't remember when it happened. And then Tuesday I did the interview with Beverly Jenkins and I was gonna post my podcast then. But she didn't send me the photo for it until that night. And I was already out again for the evening having dinner with my folks. And so I thought, oh, well, we'll screw it. I'll just post it in the morning. So that's why the Tuesday podcast went up Wednesday. So I thought, well, I'm not going to double post for Wednesday. And then I was going to post yesterday. And I started to do a commute podcast as I drove in for writer coffee yesterday morning. But I had the top down on the convertible. And I could see that I was getting tons of white noise background. And so I looked at it. And I, I well, I listened to it on as I got back in the car. And it with the thought that if it was not good, I would re-record it. And I, I bailed on it. I bailed on it partway through. It's kind of like the abortive podcast. And so I um, listened and it really, it was... It wasn't good. <laughs> and then I didn't feel like recording it on the way back. <laughs> so so you didn't get a podcast yesterday. Uh, I know that's bad of me. So, uh, but you are getting a podcast today. I think we are heading up to Abiquiu. We'll go do some kayaking and some fishing. It should be a fun day. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we've been having a lot of fun. Just running around and doing all kinds of things. It's funny because when you live in a place like Santa Fe, you don't go out and 
see the sights and shop and that kind of thing, or at least I don't. Uh, so it's fun when people come to town because I go into shops and see things I don't normally see. And I bought a um, a cute little skeleton thing that I will show you at some point. So I'm still trying to figure out if I already told this story. Maybe I should just go ahead and tell it again. I was going to look at, let's see if I can look really quick and see what I posted Monday. Feels like a long time ago. Dun, 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 dun. Come on. I'm just looking at my website to see what's what was Monday's podcast. Let's see, June twenty second. Oh, that's right. I did the commute podcast in to see my mom. Um. Well, I don't know if I told you guys this story. If I did, sorry. <laughs> I know you're all like going, so just tell the damn story, Jeffy, already. So we have all these little quail chicks, right? And they, we see them, we've been seeing them most every day, not every day. And so one morning we looked out there, and I'll post the photo. I could not get a great photo, but I will put it on here. The... Mama quail was sort of down, you know, there's like a little slope down below the water fountain. And so she was down the slope in this patch of sun underneath a juniper branch. And she was gathering all of the little chicks around her. And she laid down and the chicks like climbed up on her back and were getting under her wings and all pressed in around her. And we had never seen this before. And she ended up, she, they all went totally still. And it looked, she ended up looking kind of like a rock. I think if we had not seen it in process, we might have looked out and not noticed her. And it was, and we were like, well, you know, are they like taking a nap after getting a drink? Are they, you know, soaking up the sun? But, it, you know, it wasn't cold. Certainly not, hadn't been a cold night and wasn't a cool morning. So it's like. You know, what What are they doing? You know, and it looked very um, maternal and cozy and all of that. And then, and David had the binoculars out. And so he's looking out and he looks down the green belt and on a post on the green belt, it's like a bluebird house post that somebody else put up. <clears throat> There's a Cooper's hawk sitting there and it's eating a bird. And I said, please tell me it's not one of the chicks. And David said, no, it's like one of the, the finches <coughs> or a sparrow. I don't know if he told me that just to make me feel better. But the Cooper's hawk was eating away at it, tossing feathers aside and everything. And I realized that none of the birds were singing and everybody was being very, very still. And so that's what mom was doing was she gathered all these little chicks around her and they were being very, very still so the Cooper's hawk wouldn't see them. And then the Cooper's hawk flew up the green belt, went flying up and kind of circled around, and we could see her watching it, watch her head turn, and she was watching it. And after a moment, everybody started moving again. And the birds started to sing, and the little chicks jumped off and started running around and foraging, and Mom stood up, and it was like crisis over. It was really an interesting thing. So cool to see 
I apologize if I've told you all before. I told someone else's story, and it's, uh, I can't remember. <laughs> I have conversations, but this is the verisimilitude of our coffee chat, right? As I, I do this with people all the time, I'm like, did I already tell you this story? I know I told somebody. Was it you? <laughs> or were you there for this conversation? Uh, so, um, other news. Yes, I'm, I'm looking at it now, so it's probably not exciting news, but I dropped my phone yesterday and I cracked the screen. It's a pretty good spider web crack. I'm trying to, with a pinpoint, and it's got a little bit of a, it's lifting. The phone's working fine. I'm trying to decide how long I can go. I have um, four months of payments on it left, one of which will be, it's probably tomorrow is or Monday. Anyway, it's due at the end of the month here. So then I'll just have three months of payments. And I, I know that I could probably, you know, like trade in and do that and get a new phone. Or if I should get the screen fixed, I'm, you know, it's it's changed so much over time, like whether or not you can get the screen fixed that I can't decide what's... um. I no longer know the optimal way of doing things. So if you guys know, uh, please chime in. I have a, a V30, an LG V30, and it still works great. It's a good phone. So let me know. What, do you, what should I do? Should I get the screen repaired? Or should I um, trade it in? Should I try to tough it out? I always feel like there's sort of this... Um, cost-benefit risk analysis on it because if you keep going too long with the broken screen, then it can like abruptly all go to hell, right? And then you can't transfer your data and so forth. So, I don't know. Uh, I'm not going to make a decision today, but I appreciate the input. Um, I appreciate those of you who have said something that you enjoyed the Beverly Jenkins interview. That's cool. That one's gotten a lot of downloads. So that's pretty neat. And let's see, what else is going on? Um, I have not done any writing this week. I wasn't really planning to with my mom being here, uh, but I am starting to feel the itch. That's one thing about building a writing habit is that when you are in the habit of writing every day and producing a certain number of words every day, uh, you start to feel it when you don't do it. Uh, you feel the absence of that satisfying habit. Uh, this fly, oops, sorry, I bumped the microphone on the... You know, what is it that I'll kill a fly if it's annoying me, but this fly has got stuck in some... That's wings stuck in some water here, and it's upside down, and I feel very sorry for it, and I'm going to rescue it. Come on. It's not really up for being rescued, however. Ah, there we go. No. <laughs> oh, now the rescue's being more difficult than it ought to be. Okay, let's... Ow! I was using a choya burr that was sitting on the table here as something to give the fly to hold on to. And then I stuck it in my finger. 
I'm also now wondering why there's a choya burr on the table. There better not be pack rats in the yard again. Come on. This fly is upside down with its wings soaked. There. Probably I'm just rescuing it for the bluebirds to feed to their babies, but I suppose that's a good use for a fly. There. So anyway, um, it's worked out well because, you know, I finished Lost Princess Returns last Thursday, a week ago yesterday, and got the edits done on it, got it formatted um, and back, and got it uploaded on Tuesday. So the pre-order is available for June 29th, and... I went ahead and pushed the paperback version live because the um, you can't do a pre-order with the paperbacks, and I figured it was going to take time for those books to print and ship anyway. So if you order a print copy, I think you'll probably <laughs> get it around the same time as release, if you're lucky. So I felt like that was fair. Um, you could tell me if that's seems like an unfair thing to do, but that's what I did. I'm always sort of balancing these things out. It's gotten a nice amount of pre-orders, I thank you all. Um, quite a few people buying through the website, too, so it's always nice to get that money flowing in. You pay for that fabulous Raven cover. And I'm also feeling slightly... I don't know what the word I want is. Um, well, a, a little bit. Um, <laughs> I can't think of what the word is I want. Huh. Well, I've been letting my brain go fallow this week, right? Leslie Penelope's been talking about that whole crop rotation concept and letting your creative self go fallow. I, I can't let myself go fallow too long or I... I don't know why I get swampy. <laughs> There's that great quote, and I've, I've quoted it many times before, where, um, from Mark Rutherford, I think it is. And I There's some person who's like governing the Mark Rutherford estate, and every time I, all my links that I had previously, uh, this person like finds them and asks me to change them to this other site. And I did it once, and then they found more, and they kept, I don't know, bugging me about different ones. And now it's like, now I don't want to link at all. Because <laughs> I feel like I always get it wrong. Uh, but anyway, the quote goes along the lines of um, that there is in each of us an upwelling, a spring. And if a channel is not cut for it, it turns the ground around it into a swamp. And I know I've mentioned that many times before, but for me, that's a very good analogy for how it feels to me when I am not writing. I can feel that, um, you know, like that water level kind of rises and I start getting swampy and fetid. <laughs> I need to cut a channel. But um, editor Jenny told me that she would probably have edits for me coming on The Promised Queen um, the week of June 29th. So 
I don't know if she's for sure going to have that, but I kind of don't want to start writing something else if I'm going to be working on those edits. And also the um, audio book of The Fiery Crown releases on June 30th. So I'm hoping to listen to Orchid Throne and Fiery Crown as kind of prep for doing that revision on Promised Queen. I'm feeling a little bit of the pressure on Promised Queen because there have been so many lovely reviews on Fiery Crown with people saying, I can't wait for Promised Queen. And, you know, it just, it's like, which is awesome, which is awesome. But it's sort of like, oh, I hope that I fulfill the expectations. (laughs) So I want to make sure I sort of cross all my T's and dot all my I's. There's a really cool thing about the cover. I don't think I told you guys, but editor Jenny had said that they were talking about the cover and you know, what did I have any ideas and that they she was talking about colors and maybe like doing emerald greens with foliage around you know because we've had crowns on the first two covers so we'll do another crown and she was saying what what would you think of that and I said I think that sounds great and I said and here's um a crown that I use in uh for inspiration on the promised queen because um slightly spoilery on fiery crown if you haven't read yet but it's a quick thing so just cover yours a moment uh of course leah loses her crown literally loses her crown in the fiery crown okay now you can come back so she needs to get a new one and so i had an this one image that I used as inspiration. So I sent that to Jenny and Jenny came back and she said, so the art department loves this crown you sent and they're wondering where you got the image and which is cool. Right. And, and I thought, and I was like, well, I got it on Pinterest, of course, but I did a little bit of research and I was able to find the original image, which I was surprised, you know, a lot of times you can't ever find the original but I found the original image and it was from a jeweler's catalog. So this crown is actually a real life crown. And of course, Agent Sarah is CC'd on these emails too. And I knew that Sarah would go nuts because Sarah just loves jewelry, especially antique jewelry. And she's like, how cool is it that this is like a real life tiara? And I said, yeah, you know what? Maybe St. Martin's could buy it for me. Wouldn't that be cool? Uh, I don't think that will happen. Although, the as these things go, it's not hugely expensive. I said that to Sarah. It's it's like twenty two thousand uh, dollars, which is obviously a whole lot of money. But for like a diamond tiara, it's actually semi affordable. It's like within reach, right? And Sarah said, "No, not in the budget." And I said, "Not yet." <laughs> So um, I'm very excited to see what they're going to do. Jenny uh, had emailed and said that they had the launch meeting for the Promised Queen last week and that everybody was super excited about it. So that's cool. Um, yeah, so I don't know if, I mean, it's I'm not going to be really writing while my mom's here anyway. So it's sort of um, treating it like vacation. And we will see what, um, we'll see if Jenny sends those edits on Monday. I won't, my mom leaves here on the 2nd. 
So I'll plan to get back to work on the second either way, but we'll see if it's um, if I start writing on Dark Wizard again or if I um, I'm going to do those revisions. So um, I guess I better go on my way and get ready to go to Abiquiu. Excuse me. Uh, I hope you all have a wonderful weekend. I hope that you are having a good time and able to get out and do a few things, but are still being careful. And I will talk to you all on Monday. Take care. Bye-bye. Oh, wait, wait. I forgot. First Cup of Coffee is part of the Frolic Media Podcast Network. And you'll find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. <sighs> I'm sure I like nobody ever checks to see if I really say that, but I almost forgot. All right. Trying to be a good podcast network kitty cat, right? Okay. You all take care. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye.